Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. This is John Katsimatidis. It's a Monday. My God, a week to start all the problems all over again. In the studios, we have Judge Richard Weinberg, Congressman King, and Craig Eaton, who is fighting on who's going to be in charge of Brooklyn. And how's that going? We go to court on Monday. I have an order to show cause, which is a motion or, or an argument before the court that so my guy should be chairman. Yeah. And they have a motion that their guy should be chairman. But interestingly enough, they never filed their certificate so with the Board of Elections. So they're in default that? They're in default. They had 72 hours. So I'm going to make a strong argument that if they didn't file and I filed – that the court has nowhere to go but to appoint my client. Understood. My client. And, and Rita, tell us, uh, what the heck is going on? I mean, uh, who was I talking to before? Uh, the judge on gun laws. Yes. I mean, what's going on with gun laws? Based on what's going on in the Middle East, you're going to find more and more the people Jews, make applications the for Jews guns. The Jews that had, the Israelis that had guns in their homes. Survived. Survived. And the ones that that, that uh, were tiptoeing through the tulips died. Yeah, That's and, exactly right. And they you had know no what? way to defend themselves. Had no way to defend yeah. themselves. And yeah. one of the kibbutzes, in fact, where they did have some armed guards at those, they now, actually did, saved many Hitler lives. Do, what did Hitler do uh, to uh, some of the other countries, Poland and everybody? Confiscated the guns. In 1937, took the guns 1938, away. 1939, took the they took, took the guns away. And took the leadership. By the way, I also want to say some good news, too, John, that uh, uh, two Israeli hostages did get released today. Drip, drip, drip. Well, that's, you know? well, that's, that's calculated. You that's, know what they're doing? But I'm happy that they're out, Rita, of course. I'm happy they're out. You know what they're doing? They are stalling, stalling, yeah. stalling, yes. saying, we'll release two more. Meanwhile, the world is turning against Israel and say, why are you going to go in and attack all those? I think we really and, can't and focus sad. on the hostages. We have to stop focusing on the hostages. You don't fight Otherwise, a war. we're being held hostage. Peter's right. You can't fight a war, as Jerome Keller has told us, yes. based on the hostages. You have to fight the war on its own terms. But it puts them in a bad situation because you've got with these reports that the Biden administration is telling them to slow down. Yeah. Hamas is well, drip, what, tripping what them. Well, when, didn't, when Joe Biden went to Ukraine, says, I'm going to take the billion dollars away uh, if you don't uh, fire the prosecutor going after my son. Right, so who what knows did, what, what he said. What did he say to Netanyahu? I'm going to take the aircraft carriers away? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, John, I want to hit on another point you brought up just before the show. Um, also about the money train. Who is funding uh, some well, of these I'm terrorists? I'm going to tell you how I feel. If there's 10,000 assassins, the terrorists, and what somebody who's paying them gave them $10,000 apiece to give to their families and then gave them guns. And tell them to go out and do it. Yeah, where do you think go. the money came from? It well, came. ten thousand assassins, right? Ten thousand dollars each is only a hundred million dollars. And where did the money come from, 100, John? A hundred. I'm not going to tell you where the money came from, okay. but I'm, all I'm trying to say, all these countries there that oil producing countries, a hundred million dollars is chump change. Iran makes it in about four hours in the in the. In the oil business. Yeah, Iran is making uh, $2 billion a week because we're not enforcing the sanctions. How sick is that? This is so crazy. That was, was that so, missing in so Biden's what I'm speech? Saying, uh, what I'm saying is, look, we can go out and kill those 10,000 
uh, Hamas is, which we I hope the Israelis do. But They'll buy another ten. Let's go. Let's go after the Bin Laden of twenty twenty three and go after the people that are paying. The assassins. Absolutely. And by the way, John, in the middle of all this, there are some democratic socialists out there that are saying we should invite a million of them to come to America, the Gazans. How do we vet them? We've got a wide open border. You can. I hear. We know we have the. Uh, yep. We have the former Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, now joining us here on the show. And, uh, Mr. Speaker, it's great to have you here. We love you. We appreciate you. You, I know, are so concerned about Israel and what's going on. Fill us in on your thoughts on that first. Well, I just listened to part of your debate. You're 100% right. If you think about where the world was when Joe Biden took office, if you look at the foreign exchange rate, Iran only had $4 billion. Today they have 70. They were only producing 400,000 barrels a day. They're producing 3 million, and you got oil about $100 a barrel. They are making more money in any given time. So if you wonder why is terrorism on the rise, why are these, orga- these terrorist organizations feel more confident to attack? This is the core cause. You also ha- now have, much like the 1930s, the axis of evil, Iran, Russia, and China all countries who want to expand their sphere of influence. And then in the White House, you've got appeasement. He shifted on his first day that he now pays for hostages if you're an American hostage, so more Americans are taken. He appeases to Iran but goes after our allies from Saudi Arabia and and Bibi himself. And this is the outcome of what we get. And now with this open border, which one of the first things I reported like three years ago, um, we're watching people on the terrorist watch lists come through. 18 on the FBI terrorist watches just last month. In 2019, it was zero. I'll, my greatest fear is there a, is a sleeper cell already in America ready to pounce at a given moment someplace we're not even thinking about based upon what they have been doing. I agree with you 100%. Uh, uh, well, I always call Newt Gingrich speaker. I can still call you speaker. I just call him speaker. Once a speaker, always a speaker. Once a speaker, always a speaker. Yes. And, and, and uh, the, the, the truth is, uh, uh, when you're producing three billion barrels, uh, three million barrels a day versus the 400,000, Iran has two billion dollars a week in extra spending cash. And they are the ones who fund Hamas and Hezbollah. They control this. Yes. The other thing you have to realize is, you know, you know who's not producing more? America. He attacks American production, and then he allows Venezuela, he allows Iran. Sanctions are already there. He doesn't need legislation. He simply won't enforce it. You know who benefits from this too? China. Because China's purchasing this oil from Iran and from Russia at a discount. 30% so discount. Yeah, he's helping China's economy, hurting America's economy because we could be energy independent, hurting our jobs and making it weaker, making every American creating greater inflation by our price of oil. And September 11th, President Biden went to Alaska to cut production. Yeah. Uh, Congressman King. Kevin, this is Pete King. Good to talk to you again. And I want, you know, the guys from Long Island love you. Esposito, Gabarino, Lalota, they love you. They, they're with you all the way. Oh, I love those guys. They're so, good people. Kevin, how much do you think the Biden administration is holding Netanyahu back? Look, I think quite a bit. Um, 
the one thing I believe, Israel's got to be able to carry out whatever they need to destroy Hamas, and we shouldn't have to sign off. We should just supply them the precision weapons to do what they need to get done. I watch time and again where the president says one thing publicly and pushes on the other end, right? I mean, he's looking here for us to send aid into Gaza. Um, you know, what I look at what the president is doing here, he's, he's delaying action. And every day that they delay, Hamas is going to get stronger on being able to fortify what they see coming. And that means Israeli soldiers will get killed more. Um, it, it's a real concern to me. We should not dictate what Bibi needs to do. He should be able to run his own battle to protect his own country, and we should be able to su supply them the weapons that they can do it. The other thing that was so disturbing to me, Peter, and you probably picked on this right away, in the president's communication to the country, he never once mentioned Iran. Right. But remember what Iran is saying right now. Iran is saying, Israel, if you go into Gaza, we're getting into the war. You know what would stop Iran? We should right now cut off their money. We should enforce those sanctions that are already into law. We should tell Iran, we know you planned this with uh, Hamas. We know you're funding Hamas, and we're going to hold you liable. And there be consequences if any American is hurt or those hostages are not back. So, we're, so we're Speaker, why is he so afraid of that? I mean, he seems to be afraid to be tough, which seems he's obvious weak. to all weak. of us. He's very weak. That's the problem. And, and Netanyahu has to listen to the president of the United States. Otherwise, maybe he made the same threat he made to the Ukrainians. I'll take the billion dollars away. Maybe he said, I'm going to take the aircraft carriers away. But how is he going to fight Hamas if he has one hand tied behind his back like that, John? Well, I think the president has to told him to take it Yeah. You've got to go to the court. The money and the training and everything comes from Iran. And if you don't confront that, you're missing the whole point here. Then Hezbollah will come in. This is what they've got to be able to do. Well, Mr. Speaker, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg, so good to talk to you again. My concern is that it's now being shown that there are Iranian apologists, both in the State Department and the Defense Department. What do you think about that? Very concerning to me. Very concerning. It's not just the appeasement of the White House, but we might have Iranian appeasers or spies working for us in this negotiation. This is one of the most concerning things that I think we've ever seen. Yeah, it sure is. And listen, before we let you go, uh, Mr. Speaker, I've got to ask you about the Speaker's race. Uh, where do you think this is headed now? There's nine names, I know at least, uh, that have been thrown in. Are, are we any closer to getting a Speaker of the House? Well, it's just so concerning. How did we even get here? I mean, think about this. I had 96% support of the Republicans. Eight Republicans worked with every single Democrat to remove a Republican Speaker. Just grasp that for a moment. Eight Republicans worked with AOC, Tlaib, Hama, I mean, uh, Hakeem and others to, to remove us. Now they went after and took out Steve Scalise, took out Jim Jordan. And now we're sitting without, we're weak, and we look at what's happening in the world. And think about it for one moment. If they want to come after me simply because I made sure our troops would be paid, could you imagine the troops that are getting called up right now are sitting in those aircraft carriers wondering if they can pay their rent, their, that their spouse back home, if she can make the house payment or he can make the car payment? I did the right thing, and I'd do it again tomorrow. But I can't believe these worked with all the Democrats to put us in this problem. Now, if I look at the nine who are running, I think one sets above all the other, Tom Ember. I agree with you, you know, Kevin. He ran the NRCC. Yep. 
he, he's, he's the whip. He knows what needs to get done. The others, I don't even know if they understand exactly what the job entails. Remember, this is third in line to the president. And so I, I endorse Tom uh, openly. I like the others, but I don't think they have really the experience right now. This is not a job you're going to get some training while you're doing it. We're in the middle of a war in Europe. We've got inflation. We've got a southern border wide open. And we've got eight people who are willing to work with Democrats to control who could be our speaker. Uh, you got to have somebody who understands what's going on. Absolutely. Uh, Craig Eaton, you have a question? Yeah, I was for... going to say, I, there was nobody, in my opinion, no one better qualified than you, Mr. Speaker. But uh, I vote on you know, and, Amen. And, and, and Amen. all of us here in the studio last week were talking about it. You know, because... yeah, and, and with everything going on with yeah, Israel, vote in the my studio, goodness. You won. Yeah, yeah, Kevin McCarthy, you won. <laughs> Unanimously. I'm the only one, Unanimously. I'm the only one with the most votes, so yeah. <laughs> but it, it's shameful. It's shameful what Getz and his crew are doing here. I mean, in, in the middle of all these controversies and these wars that are going on, for yeah. him to expose the United States of America without leadership at this critical uh, time in history yes, is, shameful. is shameful. And, and he's that totally... guy from, the guy from Montana called me because he wants to run for Senate. Rosendale. Yeah, Rosendale. Yeah. He's yeah. got three yeah. chances. Yeah. None, yeah. none and zero. Yeah. Where for she? <laughs> yeah. No, but when you think about what they've done, they, they, they joined with the Democrats to create a coup to make our country weaker. And stop the investigations. No and oh, to yeah. stop the investigations. And if you watch, Biden's numbers have gone up. Here we have been sitting here for more than three weeks based upon just eight Republicans working with AOC, Tlaib, and all the Democrats when we are in the majority party. Well, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, and I'm going to address you that way for the rest of your life. Always. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for speaking out for America. And uh, we got to we got to help America. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, the other guy that helped America a lot during his life with us today is uh, Oliver North. Uh, Would you like to bring him in, uh, Rita? Absolutely. And Ollie North, of course, acclaimed military hero, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, also the author of a book called American Gulags. So he knows a bit about what's going on with the indoctrination in schools. And boy, are we seeing it with a lot of these protests. Uh, Ollie North, it's so great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, first off, you know, let's get to what's going on in the schools. Can you believe all these people protesting? Some of even saying pro Hamas. Uh, I, I mean, it, it is shocking to me to see what's happening on college campuses, Ollie. It is to me as well, because the folks who are running most of these colleges and universities with from the far left, uh, by the way, the subtitle on that book is Marxist tyranny in higher education and what to do about it. And what it is very shortly. It's indoctrination, not education. They're not teaching young Americans how to think. They're telling them what to think. And so you've got all these college campuses which have adopted the whole woke agenda, the fact that you're white, Rita, John, you and I are white. You know, the fact is we're racists. We must be because we're white. The idea of, of disaffecting Americans from one another is appalling to me. And I look at what's, what's going on in America's college campuses, and I say, vote with your, with your checkbook. And thankfully, a lot of very successful business people say to those colleges and universities, we'd like to have the names of those who are out there supporting terrorism because we don't ever want them to work for us. And the American people are paying great big bucks to send their kids off to Ivy League schools, nearly all of which are doing this kind of thing. Colonel, Colonel it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. Welcome back to the show. Even Bill Maher, who's a classical liberal, 
on his show is condemning these kids because fundamentally they're supporting Hamas, which is genocidal. They're rapists. They cut well, the throats of terrorists. Uh, They've killed Americans. Of course, I've, there were over six hundred over six hundred killed in uh, in Iraq. They're responsible for the bombing in uh, in Beirut of it's, the embassy. By the way, it's the forty year an, it's a forty year anniversary of that. By the I way, mean, what is wrong? What is wrong with these people? It all goes back to Iran. Why didn't people understand that? <laughs> I, I, I was on another a TV show over, with, with Fox over the weekend, and I pointed out that the Iranian-made missiles and drones fired at Israel and against U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria could not happen without the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps support and direction. And that same thing applies to Hamas terror attacks against Israel on the 7th of October that took the lives of at least 30 American citizens. If Iran turns Hezbollah loose from their bases in Lebanon and Syria to attack Israel, it should not come as a surprise to anybody that Iranian missiles will soon be firing at U.S. naval assets in the Mediterranean. Now, I say that to you because the word Iran picks up on every one of those sentences. They are the problem. And here's, here's my solution for it. Because just like in that book, I offer every chapter has has solutions at the end of each chapter for American people and and college students about that kind of education. The president of the United States tomorrow morning should announce that all existing sanctions against the regime in Tehran will be immediately enforced. That means it'll dry up billions of dollars. Everybody's all wrapped up. They're making two billion dollars a week on oil right now. Exactly. So if Hezbollah attacks Israel, the U.S. should hold the Iranian theocracy responsible and act with devastating effect to prevent further threats to U.S. personnel and our assets. Third, the president should also direct the U.S. Department of Justice to indict terrorist leaders like Yaha Sinwar, the Hamas head of state, and Ismail Haniyeh, the so-called Hamas foreign minister, for killing those 30 Americans. Do it now. And even though we don't have an extradition agreement with Qatar, an Interpol posting should keep these vicious thugs from traveling freely to the whorehouses that they're known to visit. But let me ask you, Ali, do you believe this president has the spine? Because no, I, no. because when I, believes that. I, I agree. And that's why I'm saying after all of this, it should be obvious to enforce the sanctions. They're on the books. They're supposed to be enforced. This president is scared to death to go after Iran and to go after bad guys, it seems, in general. Well, it's not just Iran. He's afraid to go after China. He's afraid to go after Putin. Why, why is it that this is a compromised president physically, mentally, and ethically that this president is in office today? I'll tell you why. Because if they actually succeeded in impeaching him and convicting him, as he should be, we would end up with Harris as our president. Okay, And because we have no Speaker of the House, we're in a stopgap. This is an absolute mess, what these eight characters have done. I, was, I heard your kind of conversation with former Speaker. And what we need to be about is doing the, what, the right thing for America. So, yes. for example, the president ought to immediately lift all the bans on fracking and get America's energy back in, in business. And on top of that, refill the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is down to something like 18% below what it needs to have. Uh, Colonel North, uh, who is the Bin Laden of 2023? Who is supplying the money uh, to to pay off these uh, uh, 
Assassins. Assassins. Because if they have 10,000 assassins, we said it before, 10,000 assassins, if you gave each one of them $10,000 for their families, that's $100 million. That's chump change for these these big uh, uh, oil-rich countries. Well, the fact of the matter is that the Chinese and the Russians and many of the Western Europeans who are now saying, wringing their hands about the Israeli ground operation inside Gaza, that, will, that, that should get some attention. And, and I think what the president ought to do is announce that Hezbollah attacks Israel. We, the United States, will shut down Iran's entire oil export capability. That ought to make the Europeans, who are filling the Ayatollah's coffers, bring some pressure to bear on Tehran not to launch or turn loose Hezbollah. Absolutely. Well, Ollie North, we love you. By the way, again, uh, your book is so timely. American Gulags. Marxist tyranny and higher education and what to do about it. So many people are shaking their heads about schools across this country. And uh, you lay out the template and also solutions in your book. And we love you. Thank you so much, Ollie. Thank Rita, you. Always great to be with you guys. John, hang in there. Don't give up. And no, we're not giving up. Never. We're, we're all Pray sticking together. We're all sticking together. Thank you. Thank God you bless so much. you, my friend. Let's Thank take you. a break and we come back with one of uh, the, our country's leading senators in the old days. Uh, Senator Alphonse D'Amato. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. <clears throat> and joining us now is one of the greatest senators ever. <clears throat> of course, he served as the U.S. Senator from New York. Uh, from 1981 to 1991, one of the great voices out there, our friend, of course, Senator Al D'Amato. Uh, Senator D'Amato, I know you are very worried about the homeland and the border. Oh, absolutely. Look, uh, you had almost two and a half million people come over that we've identified. Uh, you had a half a million, close to a half a million, who we haven't identified, uh, we stopped almost, uh, uh, I think, 180 or so uh, who were terrorists, <clears throat> etc. all kinds of that we, we've identified. You have an open border. Now, uh, Biden says, well, give me $14 billion. You've got to see for the border. Does he say he's going to build a wall? No. Does he say keep those who are trying to come over here? In Mexico or from wherever they're coming from until we clear them? No. So I had a conversation with Congressman Anthony D'Esposito of Long Island, New York. And he is trying to put together a coalition in the House to pass legislation which will say there will be no budget. We will not pass a budget until we have legislation that secures our borders both on the South and the North, to keep these terrorists and people who shouldn't be coming in from coming in. If you want to get cleared, get cleared in Mexico if you're coming that way. If you're coming from Canada, get cleared, but you stay there until we clear you. And there should be a number. You can't take an indiscriminate two, three, four million people a year. Place a number, a million people. They will have to be vetted, who have to be cleared before they can come in. And if they don't, if the House passes a resolution like that and they say they will not support any budget that doesn't have these protections, 
for the United States citizens of America, then we shouldn't have a budget. But to just say, you got to see what Biden puts in there, $14 billion. We'll give so much to resettle the migrants to come in, a billion, 200 million. We'll give so much to cities and states that people come in. Instead of saying, we're going to have a process where they must be cleared before they come into this country. You don't just release people, set them free, and you don't hear from them for years because they don't show up. 90% don't show up when they're supposed to. You don't just keep flooding this country, creating chaos in our cities, crime in our cities. It's about time we stand up and Republicans go up past a pair of colonies. If you know what that means, that's a nice way of saying. I'll, I'll, look, you know, I'll, I'll look at the Italian dictionary. Uh, you know what? I speak Spanish. I think I can translate. You know, uh, Senator, by the way, did you see this? John and I and all of us were just talking about this earlier, that the Democratic Socialists are actually trying to push like a million Gazans to say, hey, they should get expedited uh, refugee that's center. A, They're that's trying a to get them idea. in. I know. That's a really oh, a great idea. Yeah. I love that idea. That's incredible. Yeah, sure, and send them to every man major city there is and 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 give them more money do you see how much money the city is spending on on the migrants a day over 300 i think 340 dollars a day could you believe that yeah the american taxpaying citizens don't get money like that people who are on welfare don't get 304 american citizens uh, a, a mother with two or three kids to take care of. She doesn't get $340 a week. What the hell is going on with this country? Well, Wake up, America. Senator, it's Richard Weinberg. When Rita just said that these crazy left are pushing to have yeah. one million Gazans come in, maybe they should ask themselves a question why Egypt and Jordan does not want them in there, why they're a threat to the stability of oh. those countries. Well, let, let me say this to you. And the real threat to this country has come about uh, because first on, under Obama and, and then I got to get Trump credit. He's an egomaniac, but he did a good job as president. He got rid of this guy, Rob Malley, who was the special envoy to Iran, who was working back with in Obama days to lift sanctions. And by the way, for the past two and a half years, the sanctions were lifted. Israel, uh, uh, Israel uh, Iran got anywhere from 50 to 80 billion dollars as a result of those sanctions being lifted. Before, they couldn't sell their oil. Now, they're wealthy. And where do you think Hamas got their, their munitions? Where do you think they Absolutely. were able to build? It's crazy. I, I Iran, the United States. Iran. United States. Uh, Craig Eaton's got a question Yeah, yeah they got you. all their munitions from Afghanistan, the ones we left yeah. behind. That's where they got all their stuff from. They got that, but, too. Well. But who is uh, – Alphonse, I don't know if you know, we asked Oliver North, who was part of the intelligence agency before, who is the bin Laden of 2023 that's supplying the money and the guns to these people? And pulling all the strings. It's Iran. Yeah, but is there any particular person? It is Iran. Yeah, yeah, but but what John's asking, is there like like an individual? Let me tell you why this thing came about as quickly as it did. Iran saw that Israel was negotiating with Saudi Arabia. And if the two of them came together, man, that is power. 
and, and they were afraid of that. That and goes back to Sunni versus Shias. Yeah, right. Who's the, who's the only nation that will knock out the nuclear capabilities of Iran? Israel. 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 We we are scared to say anything. Do you see this administration criticizing Iran? No. No. We're still sucking up to them. Wake up. Well, and, and, and the problem with Netanyahu, the problem with Israel right now, he doesn't have Joe Biden's permission to knock out the nukes in Iran. So those nukes are going to stay there. That well, let me say this to you: Israel is our only chance to knock out the nuclear capabilities that Iran has. And the sooner they do it, the better off we're going to be. And we should tell them to do it now, and tell them that we'll support it. Stop playing games, Biden. Biden and his ultra left. Yeah, bring in millions more into the United States. Give fourteen billion more to encourage more immigrants. Don't secure the border. No, just tell everybody. Tell the terrorists to come. No, wait, wait. Biden wants to secure the border between uh, what is it, uh, Syria and. Gaza? Well, well, yeah, Lebanon and Gaza. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, yeah, that, you're right. That border he wants to secure. Texas border, he doesn't give a damn. Hey, Alan, oh, all of this. Alice is Pete. We got to elect a speaker of the House. This is nonsense what's going on. Well, I did. I, and by the way, Pete, call, call up Anthony and tell him to push this legislation. I spoke to him. He said he was going to reach out to his other two comrades. Okay. But we. I'll, I'll be talking to him to, tonight. Okay. Speak to him. You know, I got another call in to him, and let me know put what him, he said. Let's, let's stay Peter, together. Put him on, on the radio tomorrow. Yeah, we'll put him on the radio tomorrow. Let him okay. tell a million people. Yeah, absolutely. That's outrageous because it shouldn't be. Here's the money, and it's going to go towards humanitarian. No. It's going to great point. Who controls the so-called humanitarian money? Hamas. Yeah, although and the well, White House is like, no. The House, the House should come together and pass a resolution as it relates to securing the border and say, and really put teeth in it, uh, and say that unless this is done, and by the way, when I say securing it, you don't just let people come in and interview them and release them. No, they don't get released until they're clear, cleared. They stay in Mexico or if they're in Canada, in Canada, till they are cleared. And great point. Alphonse, Alphonse, one great more points. important thing. I had, we had a discussion uh, earlier, <clears throat> the Second Amendment. They're trying to yeah. take the guns away from the American people. Now the world has changed. The, the the Israelis that had guns, they saved their lives. The Israelis that didn't have guns got killed. Well, the criminals will have guns. They're never going to uh, uh, surrender them. And the terrorists will always so have guns. And, and the terrorists will always have guns. So the people need them too. Yep. The people need yep. the guns. People need the guns to protect yep. themselves from the lunatics. You got it. You got it. But, uh, you know, the craziness of the left wing. Look, I never thought I'd see. I understand uh, um, Palestinians wanting to stand up for Palestine. But when you see how this whole thing came about, the atrocities. Oh, it's, it's horrible. Women, it's children, horrible. And in fact, Senator, Senator, after you, uh, we're going to be talking uh, to the former spokesperson at the Israeli consulate just about that. Senator, we love you. You got to come back on again soon. We always love having you yes, here. Yes, uh, See you soon, Al. Good I, being with you. Hey, Pete, make that call. You got it. Okay. <laughs> make that call, Pete. All right. <laughs> when Alphonse is on, Lucia is always on.
Always, always. Oh, everybody's so always on when he's on. I wish take a break. He's too shy, though. He really is. Yeah, he needs to come out of his shell. <laughs> Let's take We're a, trying to work on that. Let's <laughs> take a break. And uh, who do we have? We have the former <laughs> spokesperson for the Israeli consulate talking about some new details of what happened to Israel on October 7th. Shahar Azani joining us right after the break. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby and some horrific details uh, coming out now of how the Israelis were slaughtered on October 7th. Images shown to the world. Also, by the way, uh, pamphlets found with some of the Hamas individuals, these terrorists, showing they were planning to use chemical weapons. This is really scary stuff, just the brutality that they unleashed on the Israeli people. And joining us now here is Shahar Azani. He is a former spokesman with the Israeli consulate in New York. Uh, Shahar, um, first of all, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that two Israeli citizens just got out, were released. Uh, but what, why do you think Hamas, first of all, is doing this too? Why is this drip, drip, drip? Uh, clearly, they're you trying know, to delay. Delay, delay, right. delay. Delay, delay. So, first of all, thank you again for having me. Um, it's really, it's really a joy, and you know, a great comfort for the people of Israel. And I speak with my family, with other friends every day, and your support means the world to them. Just so that you know, to you and to all of our listeners, um, your support means the world. We are at a time of great pain in the nation of Israel, Un- unbelievable, unfathomable pain, especially on a day like today when new footage was released by the IDF, again, not en masse, but to uh, leading, you know, opinion leaders, media um, shared some of the atrocities. And I can tell you the atrocities, Rita, are things that nobody who witnessed it can ever, ever, ever unsee it, unfeel it. You know, we keep on thinking about what were their last moments like? When they were uh, doing investigations of some of these war criminals, of the Nazi Hamas terrorists, you know, if anybody thought they did it out of some sort of a rampage, that it was unplanned, you know, I heard versions of people saying that they went overboard, um, they didn't plan to do it. Well, everything has been written, has been dictated. We have those Nazi terrorists um, testifying in their investigations, footage that was released today when they were ordered. To, to, to mutilate, to torture young women, children, the elderly, to cut off their limbs, by the way, satanically, to spread limbs all over and to burn them together so that it's going to be more difficult for the forensic medical um, uh, doctors in Israel to identify the bodies. What kind of diabolical individuals are these creatures, monstrosities? I can tell you that in one testimony that shook me today, one of those forensic uh, medical uh, professionals spoke and said that they got a pile of what seems to be like, you know, blackened rubbish or coal. And when it was diagnosed through advanced technological machinery, they found out two spines. And it was revealed that it was a father and a young son. He was hugging him when they tied them both with iron wire, barbed wire, and torched them alive. And they knew that they torched them alive because there were no bullet wounds. Shahar, it is diabolical these people are. It is so disgusting. You know how strong I, I feel about this. I am so mortified. Yes. I want to also have you and everybody. We're talking to the former spokesman of the Israeli consulate in New York, uh, my friend Shahar Azani. Shahar, also, 
it, the, the other thing that stood out to me today, too, that there was a conversation that was released <clears throat> of one of these Hamas terrorists, one of these like brutal terrorists, that he was bragging to his parents saying, I yes. killed 10 Jews today. Uh, talk right. about that. I mean, this is just you it's think, a, a disgusting. Using the phone, using the phone of the Jewish woman he killed a minute ago, standing over her corpse, using her phone to call his parents. You know, it always comes to mind when people talk about innocent Gazans and how much innocent people really are, because we have seen the celebration on the streets. We have seen Gazans rushing after the thousands of monsters penetrated Israel and did what they did. We have seen so many of them come over those corpses, rob them from their jewelry, from their wallets, credit cards, TVs, going as far as taking food from their fridge. I mean, we're talking about an unbelievable sight where kids on scooters were making the way from Gaza to loot the corpses of these Jews. And the kind of testimonies that came out, you were mentioning the phone call. I can tell you that they were ordered, and I'm sorry if I'm being graphic. I apologize. I just can't contain it myself sometimes. I literally have to take minutes today to just stand and you know, catch my breath. But when they, when they testified at what they did to a 15-year-old girl um, post-mortem on her phone, broadcasting it on their social media, these people came with GoPros so that we can make sure that the world in its entirety can watch their atrocities. And, you know, you mentioned before the release of the 80 and 85-year-old women who were, who were captured by them. The truth is these are the heroes of these people. This is what they can do. They can fight an 80 and 85-year-old women, but let them see now stand up to the uh, Israel Defense Forces in what would be a fair fight rather than their cowardly Active terror, and I think that the fact that they're releasing people just shows you how they how in how much distress they are, and I can assure you that it will not impact Israel's um, intent of eradicating them. Hamas will no longer be a viable entity on our southern border, and I am telling you that the long-term ramifications of what they did to what you call the Palestinian cause or the Palestinian desire to have an entity of their own, I can't even begin to describe the kind of damage that has happened and as far as what the future entails for the resolution of this issue. Because what happened is a day after which Israel is no longer the same Israel and no are Israelis. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ambassador? Uh, yeah, or uh, the spokesperson Shahar. there, Shahar. Yep, Shahar. Uh, yeah, yep. Uh, I got a text uh, before over the weekend from a former president, I'm not going to mention the name, that uh, besides these uh, Hamas people, they're getting injected uh, by uh, some special drugs, amphetamines to make them even crazier, makes them stay up for a few days and just go out and kill. And, and hallucinogenic right. that they were, right. they were what the pills were found, I think we were talking about, yeah, John. The that, again. Right. These are the Captagen pills. They call it the ISIS drug. It's the ISIS drug that helps them go on this rampage. And, you know, this is a less-known fact about the involvement of these monsters in the drug industry globally. Captagen is manufactured mainly by the Syrian army in control of Iran and exported to jihadis all over the world, including in Iraq, people who are fighting against the brave men and women of the U.S. armed forces. We know of Hezbollah itself, the other Iranian proxy, that does a lot of work in South America in the opium fields and on drugs 
that are then smuggled into the U.S. under the grand Iranian goal of weakening American society. This is a global octopus of evil. And you know what? It doesn't matter if we learned anything. Is We can look away. We can lie to ourselves a thousand times a day and tell ourselves that if we only try to appease them and keep quiet and give them what they want, nothing will happen to us. Unfortunately, this is what Israel has done for too many years, giving, allowing money to get into Hamas, yep. letting Gazans come and work in Israel, and look at where we are now. And I urge all of my American brothers and sisters not to fall into that pit. Absolutely, Shahar. Yep, we have a heartbreak, unfortunately. Yeah. Shahar, thank you. you got to come thank back you, on again, Shahar. We love you. Thank you for and, having me. Thank you for your support and love. Oh, thank and, and thank you for sharing this with the world. The world needs to know what happened on that day. Absolutely. Let's take a break, and we're going to come back with Bill O'Reilly, who is madder than heck of what's going on. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. And joining us now here is the great Bill O'Reilly, of course, host Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly every night here on WABC and a mega best-selling author. His latest one uh, of the Killing series, Killing the Witches, uh, made it again onto the big bestseller list. So he has another blockbuster bestseller. I think he's almost sold out completely for this Friday show between nine no, in uh, yeah, in um, in uh, Long Island. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, in fact, yeah, Bill, tell us you've got a big one right coming up this weekend. Which I'm sad I've got my show uh, at that night, but uh, you've got a big one, and it's already sold out or close to sold out, right, Bill? Yeah, they're breaking out some uh, new seats they've never sold before, <laughs> so people can be uh, that's great. Can be close to Rosenberg. That's what people wanted. They want to be close. <laughs> <to> <laughs> so it's, Paramount Theater, Huntington, 8 p.m. Friday night. John Katz and Matitis have been in the lobby signing uh, pictures, so uh, we'll have a blast. What, how, by the way, how can people get tickets real quick? Ticketmaster, you can go to Paramount Theater, BillOReilly.com, we'll set you up. Awesome. And, and Peter King will be there supporting the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Bill? So, Bill, tell us about, I know you're you're so frustrated by all of this stuff that's happening on college campuses, um, and also the fact that some of these protests, there were these big protests, it got out of hand over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think people need to know who's doing uh, the protesting because it's not accurately reported by the news media. So New York City is the capital of anarchy in America. And people think Portland, Oregon, because of Antifa, I miss bad there. But New York is so large that it attracts people who want to break down our society because it's like a drug addict. If you're a drug addict, you don't want to hang around with me because I don't take drugs. Or you want to hang around with other people who take drugs. And so if you're a communist anarchist, you come to New York because there are other communist anarchists around. And so when you see a demonstration, whether it's George Floyd, whether it's Hamas, Israel, whatever it may be, it's the same people. And they come out to provoke the police, number one, try to get a cop to smack them because they all have their cell phone videos. And they are disrespectful, not only to the cops, but the people in New York, by they won't disperse when the police ask them to. They block streets. They cause as much trouble as possible. A lot of times there's vandalism. And these people, nothing 
happens to them. So there's a book. I don't particularly believe the book, but the allegation is that Mayor de Blasio during the George Floyd riots constrained the police from protecting the people. It's not unbelievable, but I'm a guy who likes to process. So I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and say that's true, but it certainly could be true. And now we know in four out of the five boroughs that the DAs aren't going to prosecute people who spit in the face of a police officer. Can you imagine that? It's shameful. Yeah, my grandfather in the 1920s, is somebody spit in his face on the beat? Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been. Uh, it's it, disgusting, it Bill. Been held accountable. Let's say that. Yeah, my father was a cop in the forties, fifties, and sixties. I can only imagine what would happen to the guy that spit at him. Yeah, but that's gone. Yep. And now we're asking our public servants to uh, go out there and protect the people and all of that, and then you can spit at them, you can throw things at them, and nothing will be done. That's social disorder. But you know, Bill, this is Craig Eatonville. What, what, what message does it send to the children in our communities when no one is respecting police officers, when adults can spit in a police officer's face and not get prosecuted? It's telling the kids, you don't have to respect the police. There's no more respect in the streets for the police. Well, 36% of uh, New York City school children don't go to school. Did you see that report? Yeah, I did. Yep. That's a, that's a whole other mess. You're right. 30, 36%. So that tells us there's no parenting there. None. Couldn't possibly happen in my house. And I know all of you personally, it could not have happened in your house. Right. Absolutely. 36%. That's shocking. You know, you know, Bill, too, I also worry how much of these protests are getting out of hand. They seem to be because people... Uh, are getting angrier and angrier. You know, we talked obviously about the attacks on police, but some of these were, you know, obviously they're, they're pro-Palestinian. Some I contend pro-Hamas, some of the rhetoric that's coming from them. And things are getting really heated, Bill. I mean, and, and this is just, as you know, this is just the early phase. They haven't even started the ground invasion yet. I really worry how out of control these things are going to get across the country. I don't think the numbers are there for this, Rita. I don't I don't see mass demonstrations like George Floyd. Um, I think it's a selected activist crew, but they can do a lot of damage, particularly if they know they're not going to be punished. But I don't see riots like what happened after the Minneapolis thing happening over Hamas, Israel. Well, and I pray you're right. I pray you're right. What about the rhetoric coming from colleges still, Bill? By the way, did you see this? I I was going to ask you about this, Bill. The New York Times uh, came out and essentially admitted that they relied too much on Hamas. uh, Do you know they're reporting on the Gaza hospital explosion, which, you know, turns out it was obviously likely Israel didn't have a role in it, that it came from Islamic Jihad within Gaza. But the New York Times right away blamed Israel and we're quoting Palestinian sources. Now they're coming out and saying we relied too much on Hamas uh, for their coverage. It's incredible. Well, journalism is dead. I mean, I think everybody knows that. Um, We practice it at WABC. I practice at 9 o'clock on Common Sense uh, on uh, WABC Radio. What are you talking about tonight? I'll be listening between 9 and 10. Well, we're going to lead with – I'm going to actually defend Biden a little bit tonight because some of the right-wing attacks on him are unfair. 
But the bottom line is that when you have a weak president, as we do, unintended consequences happen, as we're seeing. Well, Bill O'Reilly, thank you so much. I'll be listening between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock yep. on WABCRadio.com, BillOReilly.com, 770 in the tri-state area on your dial. And I look forward to hearing you again. And get the tickets then, for Friday night, the hottest then, tickets in town. And Rita Cosby after your show. That's right. I, I have the great Bill O'Reilly before me. Bill, thank you. We love you, Bill. Thank you. And Thanks for having me. What do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America.